I don't need a microphone. Can you hear me now? Hallelujah, hallelujah. So good to see everybody here uh, tonight. Before we get started, I want to share with you, you know, I always share everything with you, just about. The little rest I share with my wife, and the bigger rest I share with him, Jesus Christ. But uh, I was at the gym when I, uh, uh, Pastor Chris was just talking about road, a road versus way. And I was at the gym and I was on my life cycle when that happened. And uh, up the stairs comes uh, the lady that always says that I'm very religious. And I've already told her many times, because I love her, I care for her. I'm not religious. I'm relational with Jesus Christ. That's what I'm at. So I heard her as she was coming up the steps uh, to the second floor where I do the life cycle after I finish doing the strength exercises. And, and I, I, I heard her, she sounded really mad because, you know, she's unfortunately blinded by the world. And, uh, and she was telling her friend that both of them waved at me as they went by my seat where I was sitting doing my life cycle. And, uh, and, and I could hear them, even though I have my earplugs on, listening to um, the newscast uh, of Roe versus Wade, I could, I could still hear her talking. And I said, oh boy, Lord, I started speaking to, to God and I said, what, what am I gonna do? Uh, please give me the right words and the right actions because I know that this lady, unfortunately, and I pray for her, she likes to get a little bit confrontational. She's just a few years older than me. Likes to get a little bit confrontational and then again, she always refers to me as being religious. And I was ready, and, and I, I felt, am I going to be ready, or can you take this moment away from me? And here's what God placed in my heart. Just let her know. If she does stop by you, he already knew what was going to happen. She never stopped by me. She walked right by. And I know that was all God, but God said to her, let her know that I am God, and not I am not I, I am about life, I'm not about rights. And you know, it, it, that was so powerful, it resonated in my heart when God said, I'm more interested in the life of a human being that I created than I am about the rights of people. And that's what we need to focus on because it really touched me so deeply when God pressed that upon my heart. And I was ready. But I was going to do it, no worry. I was going to do it in Jesus' love. I was not going to beat her up. But she's always one that comes to me. And if I'm watching uh, something from the news as I'm riding, pedaling on the bike, she'll say, well, what do you think about this? Out of the blue. She'll ask me. But I love it that God always prepares me to answer her with love. But I tell her the truth of what Jesus says. So right now, I want you to make believe that all of you are in jail. Mm. Think about this for a minute. Think about this for a minute. Or one of you is in jail out of all of you in the room. And I, out of the kindness of my heart, because I love you, I come and post bail of the $10,000 to set you free. So they tell you someone came, they don't tell you who, came and posted that bail for you 
and you are all happy. Oh my God, I'm going to get to go home. I'm free. And so even the jailer tells you, you're going to be, you're free. And you're about ready to go. But here's what happens. What happens is when they post bail, yes, you are free. But there's a process that takes place. There's a process that takes place. <laughs> I know this because I have gone not to post bail. Because anything I do, I always tell my wife, and she's the one that gives me permission if I should post anything like that. But when I have one of my guys, one or two, throughout the 21 years that I've been a visiting um, minister at the shelter, first as a lay pastor, then as a chaplain, and now uh, for the last so many years as an ordained licensed pastor. Um, but here's, uh, here's what happens. The process takes sometimes a while and so you're still sitting in the cell and you're wondering but wait a minute they post bail for me so the process takes a while yes you're free so i want you to think about this for a minute each and every one of you jesus posted bail for you and i Amen. when you hung on the cross and he took all your sins and my sins with him and they place it on his tab of the money that was owed for the bail that he posts for us. And we were free to be accepted and received in heaven one day, have eternal life. But here's what happens. Some of us think we're free, but we're still incarcerated. Why? Even though Jesus, you know that he posted bail for you and I. And we have a new life, a new beginning, right? But what happens is not until we continue seeking him and wanting to have that relationship with him, an everyday relationship. And how do we do how do we embrace that everyday relationship with Jesus Christ? The only way we receive that everyday relationship is if we are in, in the Word of God. We have to be in the Word of God. We have to be prayerful. We have to be the, the, the type of born-again Christians that truly believe that the bail was placed for you and I, when we did not deserve to be free. None of us deserve to be free. No matter how much we have, that anyone can post bail for the sins that we have committed against our holy God, precious God, Jesus Christ, and that is including me. Okay? None of us are free, but it's by the grace and mercy of God that we are free. And you heard a wonderful, wonderful message Last Wednesday night, when Sophie was up here, speaking her heart out and letting you and I know how important it was to seek Jesus because he's the only one that can set us free. You were here. You heard her voice. You heard her passion. You heard her plead for you and I not to miss the opportunity, right? Not to miss the opportunity to embrace 
the living Father, that is the only one that can provide that that free bail being released from the bondage that we are still in. Because we, any one of us can say that we are Christians. But you hear it over and over on Sundays and on Wednesdays and even in your Bible studies. Just saying that is not going to get you and I to heaven. We want to have to want to have the desire to walk with Christ. And if we're not walking with Christ every day, we're going to fall short. We all fall short of the glory already as it is. But the opportunity comes to you and I. You know, if you if you were, would have been here when we talked the book of Revelation uh, for, I mean, for quite a while on Wednesday, it's a book about Jesus Christ. And he is still, and you find this in the book, he is still seeking and wanting those that are out there to be brought into his kingdom. And so I, I, I shared all of this at the opening because we're going into part two before we open in prayer. I share this with you, the opening of this message, because this message is about the continuation about discipleship. And I'm going to give you a little review, as I promised that I would. But if we could, let's bow our heads and let's go to God together. Father God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you that you bail us out, Father God. And you bail us out every day when we come before you and ask for forgiveness, Father God. But Father God, what we seek tonight is to continue walking closer to you, Lord Jesus. That we can say that we are free indeed. Because you, the Son of God, set us free. Lord, let, help us to build this relationship that we can be great disciples to disciple others. Because it's all about discipling others. That they may go out and disciple others after us. Because you want us to be with you. You're pleading with us to be with you. You will always embrace us, Lord. All we have to do is just seek the truth. And the only truth we have, we find in you. We thank you for the word tonight. We give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. Because, Lord, I cannot do this, and I always say this, without the Holy Spirit that guides me. Lord, again, we love you. We worship your name. And, and we thank you for the message tonight. In your precious name we pray in the church said, Amen. Amen. So review points. We did discipleship, uh, which I think is so important. And if you remember, who is the greatest discipleship person that has ever existed? We know Jesus Christ, right? Because he set the tone. He set the, if you want to call it a template, as to how to be a true disciple of God. We can go out there and disciple others. So important points. Followers of Christ who then teach what they learn are true disciples of Christ. Let me repeat that again. Followers of Christ who then teach what they have learned are true disciples. Now, in our church, we believe in that all the time. Not only because we have a wonderful man's group and a wonderful woman's group, 
but because we are always here to disciple one another and those that come in brand new through the doors to let them know that there's a better way and that better way is Christ not the church remember I always say this it's not about religion and I always say this religion can never save you like this lady at the gym that tells me and tells her friends when they walk by me, oh yeah, he, he's that guy that's very religious. And I feel like getting up and saying to her, when are you going to get it that it's not about religion? And listen to this. She was complaining to the other lady about road versus weight. And yet she's a retired educator. How do you figure that out? When she's supposed to love children. She was a special ed teacher for over 37 years. And here she is all upset because they, she was fighting for the rights. The rights, that's not what God looks at. Point number two, remember we do not have to carry with us a cheat sheet. We don't have to have our notes with us on how to be able to speak to people and disciple people. We don't have to have that. I used to think so. When I when I was when I was first introduced into the walk with Christ, I I, I, I would say to myself, well, if I ever going to speak to someone about Jesus, man, I better carry myself a whole bunch of notes in my pocket. And God always told me, Pastor Rose, I'm all the notes you need. I provide the Holy Spirit for you. And I love that. Amen. So, Amen. Thank you, the Holy Spirit that has residency, He has a residency. He lives. He, he, rents, he rents that room in our hearts and soul. Okay? In our heart and soul, and it's our guide. We never have to worry about saying the right words and having the right actions if what if you have that relationship with Christ just what I said God gave his life for us and he bailed us out but if we don't walk with him how can we express his love to others and disciple them so that they can go out and express their love to others and disciple them it, it, it's all interconnected that way because God meant it to be that way he loves us all the same even the sinners he loves us all the same and we're all sinners and again we all fall short of the glory but yet he gives us an opportunity um, third review point we share the good news never religion and I, I thought that was worth repeating we are to share the word, the, the, the good news, not to tell people and not to ask him, hey, do you go to any church? Uh, and, and, and just leave it at that. But to say, well, I want to invite you to my church because we share the good news. We, we don't share a gospel about wealth and there's nothing wrong with wealth. We don't share a gospel about uh, if you're born again, nothing is ever going to happen to you. Are you kidding me? And that's what a lot of churches do today. They talk about all the topics, but leave, I don't know why, they leave the gospel of Jesus Christ 
either to the last few moments of the service or maybe speak privately to others about this. Point number five in review, we want others to see Jesus in us. And if you remember, I spoke about that when we were studying this uh, discipleship number one. Humility, love, patience, kindness. We do not have to be rough with people in order to bring the way, the truth, and the life that is Jesus Christ. You don't have to try to stick Jesus down anybody's throat. I would never feel comfortable with that. But I definitely want to share the love of Jesus and the gospel, his gospel, with them about that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to the Father but through him. Okay, so that, that is so important of those those points. And, and we have one more point of review. What's What does discipleship look like to you? And that was a question I posed to all of you. Do you take advantage? Do you, do you wait for someone to tell you it's the right time? I remember a brother that's sitting in, in the room tonight when we had visitors here a few Sundays ago. And uh, if you remember, I, I slid over and sat with them and I downloaded the Spanish uh, Bible app because they didn't speak a word of English. And I don't think they understood much word of English. And my brother that's in the room came up to me after they both came up. They were friends, I thought they were married. And they came up uh, for prayer. We had an awesome, awesome Sunday, that Sunday. And a lot of people came up asking for prayer. And so first she came up and then he came up. Well, this brother that's sitting in the room tonight looked at me and said to me because he was close to them, hey, Brother Pete, ask him if they want to receive Jesus Christ right now. And your brother Pete let you down. Because I worried about maybe putting too much on them. Because Bishop Lyle greeted them at the sidewalk. And they were about to leave. And then he waved me over. And I came in and I got all excited. And I said, come on in. Oh, but we don't speak much English. It didn't matter. I told him, you're going to receive something in this house of God that you will never forget. The love that people have for one another. The caring for one another, the lifting each other up, the motivating one another. Okay? But what happened? I had an opportunity to disciple. I had an opportunity to bring him up and, and uh, to, to let them to ask him, you know, for for the prayer of salvation. And 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 I turned around and I told my brother that's sitting in the room tonight, don't worry, they're gonna be back. Mm. They never came back. So I lost the opportunity that God had given me to share with them that, that important point. There's only one way to the Father, and that's through the Son. And I regretted that. And those opportunities, they come, church, and they go. And if you and I miss them, guess what Jesus does? He moves on to the next person. I don't want to get one day before him in heaven, okay? And for him to remind me, 
hey, Pete, you moved on. You, you never paid attention when I sent someone your way. And I moved on to the next person. I should look at you as a move-on type of Christian. I don't want that ever to happen. I want God to say, good job. Well done for your faithful servant. That's what I want Jesus to always say to me. So, tonight we're going to start with part two of discipleship. And if we could, let's go to Matthews chapter 10. Verses 16 through 20. Matthew chapter 10. Verses 16 through 20. Where a lot of you know this pretty much by heart. Matthew chapter 10 verses 16 to 20 says, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. I love that. That's the love of Christ. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to councils and scourge you in their synagogues, just like they did to him. You will be brought before governors and kings for my sake, as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, do not worry. I love this, what Christ says. Do not worry about how or what you should speak. Mm. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. So, I, 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 I was given that scripture by the Holy Spirit when I was preparing this because I used to be that worried type person. What am I going to say when the first time I was asked to teach Bible study at Miami Risk Commission Broward Outreach where I met Bishop Lyle uh, over 21 years ago. And, 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 and I was so worried and I remember, I remember the pastor who invited me. Remember, I was just a baby believer. I was not even a chaplain or a pastor. I was a lay pastor. I I was just a guy. A guy in the room. And and the pastor saw something in me that the Holy Spirit told him. I want you to take over the group on Wednesday night because we haven't had a group on Wednesday night at the shelter since the, the family that was delivering the studies, unfortunately they got divorced. So you are it, kid. Call me kid. I'm not, you know, I'm not a kid. But anyway, there I was. And I was sitting, and I and I kid you not, Sister Sophie, I prepared so much. I, I, I had almost like a thick manual ready to go. And, and, and I kept looking at the clock because that pastor had told me that he would be there to support me. Oh, boy. But the pastor never showed up. Oh boy. And I kept looking at the clock and I knew I was sweating bullets already. Mm. And I and, and I started crying out to God, crying out to the Holy Spirit, what am I gonna do? I, I I'm not worthy of any of this, which we're not. And the Holy Spirit said to me, No, it is you that's going to be speaking the whole night long. And I said, Holy Spirit, help me. That night, <laughs> it was the greatest night of my life because I learned 
with a group of people that live at the shelter as, as clients, I learned with them the message that the Holy Spirit put on my heart. I did not even use one bit of my notes because the Holy Spirit wanted to go a different direction. And I was trembling and shaking what was going to happen. I'm not ready for this different direction. I have never done this. But that's what God will do when you have a willing heart. I could have said to the people, and, and I almost thought about that. Um, uh, Bible study is canceled for tonight. I'm sorry, the, uh, the actual pastor is not here. But the Holy Spirit kept saying to me, it's you. It, not that it was me, the pastor. It was me that was going to bring the word. And, and I, at the very end of the night, I stayed frozen to my seat like I didn't want to go home because I couldn't believe what had happened that night. But see, that's what Christ will do. He will use you and I to disciple others. And it's so wonderful. Important points. Take notes if you want to. Mental notes. Heartfelt notes. Christ's life was the greatest of examples of how we should live our lives. Point two, Jesus helped meet not only the spiritual needs of people he met, but he also helped their physical needs. And remember, you hear from the pulpit here, God said that you and I would do greater things, greater things than he. And so if we truly believe and walk in faith and we walk with him, we can lay hands on people and those are your gifts. We can speak in tongues. We, we, we can let them know that, that there's a new beginning in their life. All they have to do is believe in Him. You don't have to be perfect speaker. You never have to be a perfect speaker. You have to be a Holy Spirit-led speaker. That's what you and I only need to have. You don't have to have all this education, and be an incredible theologian. That's not what Jesus looks at. Jesus looks at the heart of man and Amen. woman. Amen. And, and, if, and, and if you ask God to check your heart, and this was said from the pulpit here last Sunday, and take away those things that doesn't please him, that's going to get you closer to him each and every day because you trust in him. You're trusting in him, not, not the, the, the preacher, not, not, not the body of Christ. Yeah, you love the body of Christ. You love, you love the preacher, but, but, but you love Jesus Christ, and you trust in him. Boy, looking at Jesus' life, we become aware of the importance of teaching. The importance of teaching should never stop. I always tell the men's group, if you call me anything, call me a teacher because I love to teach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not an expert by no means, but because I have that desire and love, a lot of the men tell me, you know what, Pete, Brother Pete, we thank you that you're here with us. And I tell them, you can do better than me. But they always have the excuse, we can never walk in the big shoes you walk in. I do wear 13 size shoes when I walk in. But, you know, things like that, you know, they touch your heart. 
So loving and connecting with others also is most important to discipling others. You got to have that connection and God will establish that connection. How do you establish that? Well, every time you see them, you greet them. Every time you see them at church, you, you love on them. Every time you see them, you give them a smile. Okay, that's, that's what's important here. Um, but here's the other part that's very important that a lot of people feel very uncomfortable doing. And I'm going to share something with you about that in a minute. Confronting those in sin, those who were being self-righteous, was top priority for Christ. He never, never he confronted the, the, the Pharisees as well as the Sadducees. He confronted these stiff-necked people. He confronted them. And, and he let them know the truth, that the truth was, was from his Father above that was given to him. The power of healing, the power of resurrection. So, church, we know that discipleship is imitating Christ to our last breath. So sometimes we, we are presented with moments that we have to have to let others know gently with love about things that do not go right. I'm going to share this example with you, which was horrific to me. Uh, and I shared it with you from this pulpit many, many years ago. There was a person uh, in my Bible study, when I was uh, conducting Bible study at the shelter on Wednesday night, that came up to me after Bible study one time, and she said to me, you know what, Brother Pete, I don't know what to do. I go, what are you talking about? Well, I go to this little church, Hallandale somewhere, I, I forgot, I don't even remember the name. And it's gotten to the point that the pastor was there, I think, I thought he was such a wonderful person, such a nice guy, and he's married, he always introduces his wife and his three kids to the congregation. Well, Brother Pete, not too long ago, he started hitting on me. I go, what? Yeah, he started hitting on me. And I go, well, what did you do? Well, I don't know who to go to because he's the senior pastor of the church. And I said, well, here's what I would do right away. Run, run, get away from that church because the covering will never be over that church because that pastor is a phony baloney. And if you want to, you can tell him that. And he can come to me and talk to me. That's living a double life. That's not living a life honoring God. And, and you and I, as disciples of Jesus, we're held to a higher standard. Our behavior is supposed to be a behavior of love exemplary to Christ. Amen. Lifting up Christ. Okay? And, and, and yet... Yes, we are to forgive people, but we are to come alongside, not just to ridicule them, put them down, make them feel ugly, but to let them know, hey, we don't do this. And I could not believe this young lady had shared that with me. If you could, go to Luke chapter 9, verses 23 through 26. Luke chapter 9, verses 20, uh, 23 through 26. And the word God says, Then he said to them all, if anyone desires, and we, we heard this one on Sunday, to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life 
will lose it. Mm. That's what a lot of the world thinks. You hear all these programs, uh, and I laugh when I hear it. Now that I walk with Jesus and I love my Lord before, before I love anyone else or loving myself, these programs, well, how you can do this type of exercise or take this type of vitamin to extend your life. Ooh, wow. Did you ask God about that? Because God is the only one that can, that can extend your life. Amen. Not any special vitamin, not any special exercise. And a lot of you know that I go to the gym four times a week. I don't expect to live a day longer if God says to me tomorrow, Pete, you're going home. Oh, thank you, God. I don't have to go to the gym anymore. But, you know, it, it's, it's the beauty of it all. The world is always seeking how to prolong wealth, how to prolong life, how to prolong having not one car, but three or four cars sitting in their driveway and, or having a mansion where there's seven rooms and they live by themselves. Wow, what's wrong with that picture? I'm not trying to put down anybody. I'm just trying to tell you if when we just, when we just finished reading, if we are more interested in what the world can offer us, we're in bad shape. We are in very bad shape, church. But when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should, oh, I'm sorry, reading the wrong one. For what profits is to man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his glory and his fathers and um, in of the glory of the angels. So how can we speak of Christ if we're so worried and we want to be politically correct? Trash politically correct. How can you even be politically correct in this upside down world today? Remember you heard it from the pulpit. Today, today what was considered horrible and bad when I was born in the prehistoric ages is considered good. Oh my goodness. Today is okay to hate people. Today is okay to call people racist if, if they don't believe in what you believe in. What is that about? Today is okay to continue killing babies? And, and you know, I, I've watched program after program talking about Roe versus, versus Wade and not once do they speak about the fetus that can feel pain that can feel pain and, 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 and some states are fighting to, to make sure that a, a, a woman can have an abortion until the ninth month oh my goodness what is happening to us the wickedness of the world. That's what is happening. We, we want to call ourselves disciples of Christ when we don't even want to disciple others about the truth. We're so worried about pleasing others and being politically correct. Shame on us if we take that walk. 
because we're going to come before Christ one day. Shame on us. And we don't want him to say, I don't know who you are. And there you go. Like I always use that phrase, where I was going, you go federally expressed to hell because there is a heaven and a hell. There is a heaven and a hell. So, important points here. There are many great examples of discipleship in the Bible. Many, many great. If you read your Bible every day, you will discover many. In the Old Testament and in the New Testament, you will find great, great examples. One in particular was Eli. And remember, I talked about this wonderful priest last, last time I was up here in discipleship. He was a high priest. He discipled Samuel, wonderful Samuel. Samuel grew up in the temple with Eli to teach him. Samuel tried incredibly to disciple who? Saul, King Saul. He tried his darkness always to disciple Saul until Saul wanted to do things his way. And things did not work out for Saul. Because it wasn't God anymore first. It was Saul wanting to solve the situation instead of giving it to God and going in prayer. So many more stories like in all in New Testament, Paul discipling Timothy and Titus. He loved them. And he discipled them truly. Many more like his great work and many of his missionary works to the churches that he had planted. So Paul was about discipling, constantly discipling. That's what we're about to. We just don't, don't hoard Christ. We don't keep him in a box and not want to share them, share his love with everyone. Not just anyone, everyone. Again, I'm not trying to tell you, go out there and beat up people and try to stick Jesus down their throat. But listen, God will give you an opportunity and he will present that opportunity. Don't do like I did a few Sundays ago. Don't miss that opportunity. Take that opportunity. Because it may be you because you planted that seed that that person ends up eternal life with Christ. Ooh. Don't you think I beat myself up over that quite a bit? I prayed and I asked God, you need to keep working on me. I guess I'm going back to kindergarten again because I did not learn as much as I, and, and I'm an ordained licensed pastor. More shame on me. But see, God is gonna use that moment to help me grow. Right, Brother Doug? To help me grow to be the best for him. And that's what I want to. I'm more concerned about that than anything. If we could, if we could go to 1 Timothy, verses two through six. So, so for now, we're just gonna concentrate on a few of these wonderful scriptures that speak about discipleship and how these, these people that are mentioned disciple others. So 1 Timothy, verses, uh, chapter one, verses two through six. To Timothy, a true son in faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. 
as I urged you when I went into Macedonia, remain in Ephesus. And you heard a little bit about this last Sunday, that you may charge some that, that teach no other doctrine, nor give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which cause disputes rather than godly edification, which is in faith. Now, the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere faith, from which some have strayed and have turned aside to idle talk. And this still is going on today. Even in churches, all they really have is idle talk. They're really not serious about the gospel of Jesus Christ. I tune in sometimes and I listen to stuff and I hardly ever hear anything about, and I mentioned this from the pulpit last time, I hardly hear anything about sin, repentance, forgiveness. I hardly ever hear anything about that. All I hear is, well, if you do this, you're going to be really wealthy. Do you think, <laughs> if we think that's going to, and again, there's nothing wrong with, with wanting to have a little bit and a little bit more because you're remember to those that much is given scripture says much is expected so if you have a lot like some of you sitting here tonight you should be able to give to those that are in need because God does require that we don't put it in the piggy bank and keep it there or we don't keep it in our accounts and never try to come alongside whoever it is that may need help and sometimes, church, sometimes even people sitting at church, they're the ones that are crying out for help, but they never want to share anything with anyone because they don't feel worthy. They don't feel right if they share, you know, I only have one can of soup left in my covers. Well, that's why we're here. We're here to love one another and to help each other. I'm not saying for you to accept somebody coming up to you and saying, hey, you think you might have $20 so I can buy a couple of lottery tickets? I'm not saying that. That's not going to honor God. That's not going to honor God in any way, shape, or form. So Paul imitates Christ's model for discipleship and shows Timothy what a life of Christ looks like. Paul then teaches Timothy to disciple others. Others within the church that have fallen. Let's go to be more about Timothy. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 2 through 10. 2 Timothy. We're going to still walk with Timothy here. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 2 through 10. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. The only way you can teach others and disciples others if you do walk in the faith. The faith of what? Money? No. And the faith of having a wonderful brand new car? No. And the faith of having a wonderful house? No. And the faith of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You and I. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. 
Brother, you cannot be one foot in this world and one foot inside the world. If we are serving Jesus Christ, you and I, we have to be about the Father's business. Each and every day. We must be about the Father's business. Okay? And also, if anyone com competes in athletics, then you have my name there. I don't compete in athletics. So there, there's two of them sitting in the audience that, com that compete in athletics many times. I'm not going to point them out. But he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules, right? That's what the Word of God says here in Timothy. The hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the crops. He must know what to plant. He must know what seeds and, and how to plant seeds apart from what each other. Also, consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel for which I suffer trouble as an evildoer even to the point of chains but the word of God is not chained this is Paul talking about when he was an evil dude you remember how he sent people to persecute the believers you remember that and how his life changed on his walk the road of Damascus where Christ came upon him. Then he could never have enough of Christ. He wanted more of Christ and wanted to disciple others about who Jesus Christ was. Therefore I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they may also may obtain the salvation, which is Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Again, Paul's concern was always, man, you got to receive Jesus. Just like you heard our sister Sophie up here. She sounded like the greatest sales lady in the world. But she was selling Christ. you got to receive Jesus. Look what Jesus did for me. I was a pretty bad girl. And I was raising my hand in the back saying, I must have been living on the other side of China because I was a pretty bad dude too. Because I also did and walked in horrible things which was not honorable to God. So here we see great discipleship. Wait, no, I'm in the wrong place. Forgive me. Let's go to 2 Timothy, the last scripture for the night. 2 Timothy, chapter 4. And we'll end up with this, verses 2 through 5. 2 Timothy, chapter 4, verses 2 through 5. Because... Paul is telling Timothy along the way that dependence cannot be on you. That dependence is on Christ. When you're falling apart, when you're hurting, when you, when you can't endure anymore, remember, God will never give us more than we can handle. But the dependence, dependency still has to be on Christ, no matter what you're going through. So if we could, 2 Timothy 4, 2 through 5. Preach the word. And I know all of you in this room can do that. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince. Rebuke. Uh oh, you have to have the word rebuke there. Because if you see someone and hear someone telling you, well, no, I, uh, I think I'm, uh, I, uh, I, I, I believe in a reincarnation. I'm coming back as a frog. You better rebuke. Rebuke that nonsense. Like I had to rebuke it at, at, at the gym when one guy said to me, I'm, 
You know, I like flowers, Brother Pete. Uh, 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 Pete, I think I'm coming back as a beautiful flower. And I and I had to turn my back because I wanted to laugh my head off. But I turned at him. I said, I, I have the Bible app right now on my my phone. Can you show me where that's at? Uh, no, I don't think I can show you, but I, it's got to be there. I said, wait a minute. Are you confusing resurrection with what you're saying? Uh, and that gave me an opportunity to explain the gospel to him. Wow. Amen. He led me to him by saying something that was so far-fetched. I'm coming back as a beautiful flower. So there's nothing wrong with beautiful flowers. God sees us as this beautiful garden that he created in us, right? So, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endorse sound doctrine. There's going to be some people that are not going to want to listen. And remember, I just said, when we study the book of Revelation, Christ brought that out. There's still going to be people that are going to be stiff-necked, ears blocked, and, and their rationale is always going to be, oh, no, but I don't have to worry. i got a wonderful 401k. I, uh, I, I, I'm fine. I'm okay. Oh, yeah? You think that 401k is going to save you? No. Never. 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 So, endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears they will heap up for themselves for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth he's the way the truth and the life so they will turn themselves away from Christ altogether and be turned aside to fables and you're hearing that every day now a lot more people are coming out if you go on YouTube about these incredible stories that are fables as to who Christ was they never mention who Christ is. You gotta look at some of that stuff. It'll frighten the heck out of you. Where you're gonna you're gonna you say to yourself, Oh my god, what is happening to the world? And that's what's happening. That's why the harvest is great, but the labors are few. And Jesus needs you and me to be his disciples, to bring the gospel and to disciples others. But you be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. Do not work of an do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. And that's that goes with what many times from the pulpit has been said. Get away from watching programs you shouldn't be watching. Get away from thinking it's alright. Well, you know why? I'm gonna just have a couple of drinks. I gave my life to Christ. I'm okay now. Oh yeah? <laughs> really? No. I couldn't go back into that world. If I ever would go back into that dirty, filthy, dark world, I'm afraid I might be lost for good. Amen. So I, I, I cling on to Jesus all the time. Even though sometimes he says to me, Son Pete, you're a big guy, man. You're weighing heavy. No, I'm only kidding. I was trying to make some of you laugh. But <laughs> But that's the love of Christ. That, that, that Christ, no matter how big you are, how heavy you are, no matter how lost you are, 
he will still welcome you if all you do is recognize who he is once you and I can recognize who he is we're going to be okay because we know that our strength is in him and in his word not in our power not in our pensions not in our retirements not in our wealth not in our sinful ways but in him so just share a few important points here and we're closing for tonight we see it advice given to only help Timothy be a better minister this is what Paul is given to him in 2 Timothy 4 2-5 be a better minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ you and I can approach discipleship in the same way by training others in the word by teaching and exemplifying if you're going to teach, you got to be a good example. True. You cannot teach someone about the gospel of Jesus Christ and you're living in, in sin village down the street. Every time you step out of this church, you're walking and you're seeing your bros down the street. I'm not saying they're all African-Americans that can be Hispanic like me. And you go, hey, and every second word out of your mouth is profanity. Is that exemplified? I don't think so. If you're going to truly say that you belong to Christ and only to Christ, you and I better be, again, about the Father's business. Amen. Every time, every day, waking hours, sleeping hours. Sometimes I fall asleep praying to Christ, and I love it. Those are the best nights that I have, the best dreams. Other times, I drink. I dream that I'm back at work and I wake up like in a sweat in a nightmare. I don't want to be back at work. I'm retired. I'm working for Jesus now full time. I don't want to be there anymore. You and I can approach discipleship in the same way by training others, like I mentioned. Uh, my experiences as an administrator in the school system, fifth largest school system in the country, I wanted to always teach others and empower them to one day want to be themselves administrators. I trained many, many those, many of those people, men and women, that were aspiring to be assistant principals and principals. I trained them. I was one of those administrators that had longevity and had I was blessed from God with all these, all this knowledge and experience because I had been an administrator and acting principal for a long time. So I was given that opportunity. Well, see, that's what God is telling us here. God has trained you and has trained you every time a preacher comes up here to let you know, I need you to be ready. Don't miss an opportunity to disciple others. So let us close in prayer tonight.